Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the start line by comedian, actor, writer, track coach, and developer of a dating app for boomers called Shiggles Only. Man <laughs> on the Pacific Northwest, Mount Rushmore of comedy, laugh with his comedy special, I'm Not Done Yet. We welcome comedian Brad Upton. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Brad, let's go be on the mic. The pandemic was horrible for comedians. Comedy clubs were closed everywhere. Everyone was doing Zoom shows. Did you do them? And if so, what was the worst experience you had during the pandemic? I I did zero Zoom shows. When I first heard about those, I went, what? You do stand up in front of your laptop? That sounds horrible. So I turned them all down. And, uh, you know, my wife had a good job and, and stayed employed. So we were okay that way, but uh, I just went, I can't do it. And then some guys figured out how to do it, and then some of them started making money, and I went, oh, maybe I should have been doing these. <laughs> I can imagine, you know, you know, when you're telling jokes, if there's a slight delay to your joke, you immediately think, oh, they didn't get it, right? So, and there's always a slight delay on a laptop, so I, I'm glad I never did one. Buffering, lots of buffering. Exactly. But you know what? Everybody's sitting at home doing nothing is how I blew up, helped me blow up on the internet. How do you go from being a junior college track star to comedy? Uh, That's not the natural progression, but uh, I've been doing, I've been wanting to do it back then when I was in college and high school and and, in college and after college, I wanted to try stand up and I was chicken and I was too far away from an open mic. You know, it was 19, early 80s and I was living in Pasco, Washington and the closest stage was Seattle, 200 miles away. So I just finally decided I want to go try it and do an open mic. And I did it and it went well. And here I am. Well, you were coaching high school track in 1984, got the itch to step on stage. Right. What was that first moment like stepping on to the stage? No, that's exactly right. And it went very, the first time I got on stage, you know, in the early 80s, comedy was so new and hot. And it, even at an open mic on Tuesday, there was a great, cr- great crowd and they were hot and I killed and uh, nobody, it, the highest of highs, because I'd been wanting to do it for several years. And I finally did it, and it went really well. Because, you know, like you said, if I'd have gone up and bombed, I'm not sure I'd have ever stepped up there again. I probably would have said, oh, well, I guess it's not for me, but at least I tried. 200 miles just to get a laugh. Yeah, absolutely. Brad, what makes you laugh? Uh, there's a lot of comedians that make me laugh. Uh, you know, I'm known for clean comedy. There's a handful of dirty ones that make me laugh hard. Um, it's just clever writing. I think clever writing makes me laugh. That's the trick in comedy is you just don't see it and then see it coming and then they spring it on you. And I appreciate that part of it. It's hard to make a comedian laugh, but you, you, I can do it. I can have people make me laugh. After touring with Lewis Black, Jeff Foxworthy, and Joan Rivers, among many other legends, who inspires you in comedy today? Oh, that's a good question. There's a guy here in Seattle, Gabe Rutledge, who's a great comic. He's not real young, but he's younger than, you know, he's 20 years younger than me, but he's a, he's a great comic. Uh, Gabe Rutledge out of here. Uh, several of the guys around here, Dwayne Goad is a guy out of Seattle that makes me laugh hard. So there's, there's, that's the thing, you know, I was doing a comedy a long time before I blew up and I, and people thought I was somebody new. I go, I've been around for a long time and there's a lot of really good comedians in this country and they're, they're just not famous. Just like singers, you know, there's a lot of great singers, and you think, why isn't this guy famous? Who knows? 
didn't get a break. The right person didn't see him. Brad Upton joins us beyond the mic. His latest comedy special is I'm Not Done Yet. It's time for the Rocky Nade. Any random questions, Brad? All you got to do is answer. But the first thing that comes to mind, there is no pressure. Okay. Best thing about Lake Forest Park, Washington. Ooh, the lake, the forest, the park. <laughs> Favorite actor here on the Grand Old Opry stage. Oh, that's a good one, too. Uh, favorite actor here. Now, that'd have to be Garth. Do you ever want to play dodgeball with your fourth graders just so you can nail the really annoying ones? Oh, I did it. You did it? Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> Me in the gym with a bunch of fourth graders. Oh, my goodness. I usually set it right over their head, real hard, right over their head, hard. So it hit the wall behind them, and then, <laughs> that was my favorite move. You've done comedy on so many cruises. So yeah. where is your favorite cruise port? Oh, probably Dubrovnik, Croatia, which uh, Dubrovnik, Croatia. That would have to be the best one. And I think it's in Game of Thrones. Wow. That's the city in Game of Thrones, I believe. Why was that your favorite? It's just cool. It hasn't changed. I mean, it's a walled city, and everything inside the wall is it probably looks identical that it did 500 years ago. The city is unchanged. It's really cool to walk through there. There's no cars. It's a walled city, so there's no cars. If if somebody came back from 500 years ago walking through that town, they'd know exactly where they were. Brad, what's the best thing about your kids? My two kids, they're good kids. They're really nice human beings. Is there anything better in the world than scotch and red vines? Oh, that's a good combo. Sometimes, you know what else? Scotch and graham crackers. That's a good one too. Haven't done that yet. Whiskey and graham crackers. I'm telling you, you'll you'll be uh, you'll be calling me back and thanking me. Best place you've ever visited. Uh, best place I ever visited. You know what? This is going to be a weird one too. A uh, Tallinn, Estonia. Wow. Tallinn, Tallinn, Estonia, which is also the birthplace of Zoom. But uh, that's another walled city. It's another cool old ancient walled city. Big and. Uh, and it looks just like it did 500 years ago. And it was really, really cool place. I want to go back when I can spend more time. Who's the comedian you never did a set with, but would have loved to share the stage with? Oh, probably George Carlin. That would be, that was the first guy I ever saw live. And I got to meet him a couple of times and he couldn't have been nicer. Uh, but to have worked with him, that would have been, oh man, that would have been an honor. And I worked with the Smothers Brothers and that was a big deal too. But, uh, Probably George Carlin. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app. It's time for the back half with comedian Brad Upton. His latest comedy special is I'm Not Done Yet. Brad, how has your wife, Julie, helped you with coaching comedy and being a good dad and with you with her fight with cancer? Uh, you did your research, man. Um She's been so good, and she doesn't like the limelight. She just doesn't. She doesn't like me to mention her, put pictures, and she just she just doesn't like that part of it. But man, uh, always there, always there, and uh, perfect companion. That's why we've been together for thirty seven years happily. And uh, yeah, when she had cancer, man, that was uh, that was a shock because she was diagnosed the day after. She gave birth to our first child, so uh, that was the happiest day, followed by our worst day. And uh, I, I knew I had to step it up right then, and I did. So uh, uh, I feel like I did. So I can't think. It's still she's done way more for me than I've done for her. I promise you that. Brad, how did your heart attack change the way you look at life and comedy? Uh, that's a good question too. It's made me very humble. I'm telling you, it shocked me. 
no one more surprised than me. And to suddenly be to be laying on a table with a room full of strangers trying to save your life. That's a humbling experience. Brad, you've headlined comedy clubs all around the nation, open for huge musical acts, and yet you never tried to work in the insanity of New York or L.A. Why was staying home in the Pacific Northwest so important for you? Uh, you know, when I first, when I was, you know, 29 years ago, that's when my, my, my son was born. And I was about to thinking about making that move to L.A. And I'd been going down to L.A. And, and I went, I don't want to come down here and raise my kids here. This is awful. I got a nice place in the suburbs in Seattle. I just couldn't do it. And uh, I stayed at home. And uh, it worked out pretty well. How has comedy changed you? And how have you changed comedy? Uh, I don't think I've changed comedy, but it's definitely changed me. I'll tell you, it, it, gets, it makes me more confident uh, that I'm funny and offstage. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't always know. And Am I funny or not? But now that I know, yes, I'm funny, I'm, I can be funny in the checkout line or with the waitress or, you know, any time like that. Even, with like, even when I get pulled over, uh, I can be funny in those situations and be confident that I'm funny. How has your comedy changed from when you started to now? Uh, just more experiences under your belt. You know, that's the biggest thing. I've just lived more life in the last 38 years. You know, a lot of, there's sometimes comedians when they start when they're 18 or 19 years old, they don't have anything to talk about other than getting high and watching porn. That's really all they can <laughs> talk about. And, uh, that's their life experience at that point. And, uh, you know, with, with some miles under your belt, there's a lot more subjects that you can cover. Brad, what's your thoughts as a former track coach at Washington on conference realignment? That broke my heart, really, to just see the Pac-12 the Pac uh, disintegrate. Broke my heart. And even though I coached at Washington, Washington State University is over on the other side of the state. It's very rural. It's hard to get to. And, man, they're getting screwed. I really feel sorry for Washington State and Oregon State the same way. It's, it's like, and how are you going to make? How are you going to be a, a basketball team or a softball team where you play a regular league schedule? you got to fly coast to coast every week. That's insane to me. How has changing lives between comedy and coaching track made you a better man? Uh, I just think it's just it, being away from comedy and doing track and doing real stuff and being out there standing in the rain and, and sometimes snow and, and carrying hurdles around the track. I mean, that's just uh, – and then, you know, sometimes two days later I'm in a limo. And uh, standing out there in the in the uh, rain and cold just humbles you, I think. Brad, who's the one track champion that you still keep in touch with the most? Oh, I got a bunch of them. Uh, there was a uh, that's a good question. I have a bunch of them. I have a couple of girls that were all all Americans for me at the University of Washington. I stay in touch with them. They both ran in the Olympic trials in '96, and uh, we stay in touch. And sometimes they've been to see me and. Uh, but I have a bunch of track people that I stay in touch with. So what's your favorite memory from the road? Oh, golly. I got 38 years of stuff. Favorite memory from the road. Oh, Lord. Um, man, that's a good question. I don't know. Is it the whole entire thing? Is it the entire body of a career? I, I don't know. That That's a tough question, man. I don't know if I can answer that. Who touched your heart that isn't a family member? Ah, boy, that's a good one, too. Man, Sean, these are great questions. Who touched my heart that wasn't a family member? Well, I'll tell you what. I had a, a high school I had a high school PE teacher that, uh, that kept bugging me in PE class and told me I'd be good at track and field. And I was looking for something to be good at, and uh, I ended up being a 
good track and field athlete in high school and then ran in college. And here I am 40 years later, still coaching and Max Jensen, he's still alive. He's in his early eighties and, uh, he changed my life. He really did. A teacher changed my life. What's your personal favorite track memory from your own career? Uh, I ran until I was 34 years old. I competed till I was 34 years old. And I, once I got out of college, I, I, I still competed in college meets against college athletes. You can do that in track and field. And uh, just running that, just running and staying that good until I was 34 is my favorite memory. Now, Brad, was there ever a joke that you really wanted to work, but no matter how hard you try, it just didn't land? Oh, there's a bunch of those jokes. There's a whole bunch. You're just convinced that they're funny. And you try them and you're like, yeah, I guess it's not. Uh, there's always, and then there's some that you think, ah, oh, this isn't that good. I'll give it a try. And it kills. So I'm not even the best judge of my own material. I leave it up to the audience. We're going to sneak in a couple more. Brad, you once told your wife, quote, I told my wife I'm going to do this till the day I die. And when I do, just cremate me, put me in the long jump pit, stir me in there, and I'll be good, unquote. Still good with that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's correct. I, I said either that or get told my kids, get the car up over 100 miles an hour and put me out in the sunroof. <laughs> it's weekend at Bernie's all over again. Yeah, exactly. Big puff right out the top. Does your wife travel with you on the road? No, very rarely. Uh, she finally is retiring March 1st, so that's the plan. She's going to start going with me, but no, rarely goes with me. How has your wife been such a strong rock for you on the road? Oh, you're going to make me cry here on the radio. She's been wonderful. And uh, she just always there, always, always the nicest, most caring, giving person, and uh, sure makes my life easier. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, sometimes the time apart makes things better. You know, there's times when I'm home for a while and she's like, when do you leave again? Because <laughs> um, I think she's, she's, it's ready for me to go. But, you know, when I'm home, I'm home all day. And that was the same with the kids. When we, when the kids were little, when I was home, I was home all day. I'd get up with them. I'd make them breakfast. I'd walk them to the bus deep, the bus stop. And after school, I'd be at the bus stop. I'd bring them home. I'd have, so I was with them all day, every day when I was home. So I got a lot of FaceTime with my kids, even though I was traveling a lot. Mr. Mom did good. Yeah, absolutely. It's time for one big question with Brad Upton beyond the mic. His special I'm not done yet is out right now. What's the one comedy dream you still want to achieve? Oh boy. That's a good question. That's a, God, you got a good question, Sean. Um, I think I've achieved it all. I really have. I, I don't know if I have anything out there now uh, that I, I feel like a lottery winner. <laughs> Where can people find you online? Uh, BradUpton.com. My name, uh, BradUpton.com. My schedule's there. Links to the specials. Uh, everything's on there that they need to know. Brad Upton loves walled cities, misses George Carlin, and threw dodgeballs just barely over the heads of his fourth <laughs> graders. Yes, I did. He wants you to watch his special. I'm not done yet. Brad, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Sean. Great questions. I really appreciate it. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. 